Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Who's the man? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> Let's say hello to everybody on our campuses, San Isidro, East County, San Marcos, City Heights, all our microsites, Coronado, and all the people in the military watching around the world. Let's give those people a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless you. God bless you. And also, Juvenile Hall and Donovan State Prison. God bless y'all. We love y'all. Y'all, let's give them a big hand as well. <clears throat> welcome to church. How many of y'all here for the first time? Raise your hand. Here for the first time. Welcome. Welcome. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. God bless you. Uh, my name is Miles McPherson, the pastor of the Rock. Today is my first Sunday of 2017. I'm so excited for a new year. I want to make two quick announcements before we start uh, and pray that were already made, but I want to put a, an exclamation point on both of them. One is the 21 days of fasting starting tomorrow. Um, I would encourage you highly to get information uh, on our website. It's in the bulletin. You can go to the bookstore and get books on it uh, to fast for the next 21 days. Uh, in a nutshell, what I'm going to do, I'm not telling you to do this. I would encourage you to uh, uh, consult your physician before you take my medical advice. Uh, I'm going to spend a week cleaning myself out, eating fruits and vegetables and drinking a lot of good stuff. Uh, and then a week of liquids pretty much in the middle of that second week. I'm probably going to do a two or three days of water. Uh, and then the last week kind of wean myself back onto food. It's something like that. I would encourage you to think about what you are going to give up. Giving up crack and getting drunk and stuff, that's all good. But we want to go a little different level than that. Uh, you might go social media, you might do television, you might do gossip, but all that stuff is great. But I would encourage you to give up something here. And, and one easy rule is that when you go to the grocery store, don't eat anything in the aisles. It's all junk. Stay on the outside of the walls and stay with fruits and vegetables and, uh, and maybe meat and fish or whatever you want to, if you want to do that or cut that out. But all the stuff on the shelves, unless it's a bottle of water, is garbage. And that's just factual. Clean yourself out. But the purpose is to draw near to God. So even though you're going to cut that out, you've got to make time for God and say, God, I'm going, to, I'm going to give myself over to you more seriously so you can do something powerful in my life. In Matthew chapter, uh, Mark chapter 9, there was a boy who was demon-possessed. The disciples couldn't cast out the demon, and Jesus came and cast out the demon in 17 words. And they went up to Jesus privately and said, how come we couldn't do that? And, and, and I'm paraphrasing part of my response. Jesus says, you can. But then the Bible says, this kind can nothing, come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. There's certain things in your life that will come out by prayer and fasting. And certain things that won't come out by you just wishing it out. And so my encouragement to you is to, is to take the challenge to be, to go on this fast with us starting tomorrow. How many of you, by a show of hands, say, you know what, I think I'm going to do, do some form of fasting for the next 21 days. Raise your hand real high. Okay, keep your hand up really high. Look around the room. Click, 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 click. Video, video, video. Okay, great, great. By a show of hands, how many of you would like to have something different happen in your life spiritually this year that has never happened ever before in your life? Amen? Okay, so let me tell you something. That will never happen. Let me finish the sentence. What you want to happen will never happen if you do the same thing you did last year. So you have to do something different, which is what I'm going to talk about today. Number two, Saturday, we are starting a Saturday morning prayer on all the campuses. I think it's at 9 a.m. in every campus of City Heights. It already has it at 10. It's 60 minutes on all the campuses at 9 o'clock and City Heights at 10 o'clock for 60 minutes from 9 to 10. 
10 to 11. That's it. We're going to have a very short period of worship, and then we're going to pray. If you want something supernatural to happen into your life, it will never happen unless prayer is part of it. I'm not saying you have to come to this prayer meeting, but this is an opportunity for you. All the madness in our world, the racial tension, the violence, the shooting, that is simply a spiritual battle. It is not flesh and blood. The Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Don't be distracted by that race, that race, that race, that race. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. And the only way it can can be combated is with spiritual weapons. And this this, this power of of God will come to this earth through his church. That's what we're here for. So if we don't usher in and ask God to open up the heavens and pour out his spirit, it's not going to come through the government. If you're mad at the government, the government's not going to give you what you need. So stop wasting your energy. Pursue God. And so my challenge to you is we start this year that we want something different to happen in our lives, in our corporate life, in our individual lives. I want all the blessings God has for me. I want them. I don't want you to have my blessings. Matter of fact, God's not going to give you my blessings. It's like when Christmas, when, you go, when, you, when all y'all just went through Christmas, none of y'all went into, the, into wherever had, people had gifts and said, uh, I don't want my gifts. Y'all were like, is my name on that one? Is my name on that one? Is my name on that one? <laughs> are, you sure that's, <laughs> are you sure that's not for me? <laughs> I want all the blessed, spiritual blessings in the heavenly places assigned to me. Do you want yours? Well, God says you can have them, but you got to come get them. You got to come get them. So uh, fast and prayer. I'm not saying you have to do those two things to get them, but you have to do something different. And, and by the way, fasting and praying is what he gave us to do, so we're going to start the year off starting tomorrow. Amen? Let's get on our knees and start this party. Get this party started. And by the way, uh, say amen if you like my haircut. Amen. Say amen if you don't like my haircut. Amen. <laughs> There's a story behind it. I'll tell it to you in a minute. Lord, I thank you so much for all the people who like my haircut. And Lord, I pray for all the people who don't, which includes my wife. But Lord, I thank you that you love me anyway. I thank you that you love us. Lord, you know uh, what's going on in our country, in our city, in our world. And you know why we are here, that we would be a vessel for the spirit of God. I pray you would challenge us to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Look to the person next to you and say, this is for you. If you have a Bible, prepare your Bible to lift it up. We are going to lift up our Bibles and say word in... 10 seconds, 1, 2, 3, 5, 7, 8, 9, 10. On the count of three, say word. 1, 2, 3. Turn to the book of Numbers, which is the fourth book of the whole Bible. Numbers chapter 14. Numbers 14. As I was preparing for today and more specifically tomorrow and the fast... I fasted many, many times, uh, 40 days, three times, and a bunch of other different lengths. Uh, so it is a very exciting place to go. I grew up using drugs for uh, eight years. 
So I have a lot of drug high experience. And when you fast, you experience a different euphoria. All drugs do is tell your brain to give you pleasure. It has the power to give you, but in a distorted way. I don't want to get into the science of it, but a lot of the drugs go in your blood and they tell your brain to release dopamine. Dopamine is a, is a pleasure drug in your brain you already have right now. As a matter of fact, right now, dopamine is flooding your brain because you are enjoying this so much. Can I get an amen? <laughs> it's a natural drug. When you get high, something happens in the spirit realm where the joy of the Lord floods your brain in your, in your presence. And I love to be in that place. Uh, so as I was preparing, I said, you know, I want to I do something different with my hair. <laughs> so I told my wife, I've been telling her for a couple weeks, I'm going to do something different with my hair. She's like, oh, boy, oh, boy, because I'm, I'm Mr. Extreme, right? So I went to get my hair cut yesterday, and, and, I, and I, this, this happened. <laughs> and I'm driving back, and I, was, I called my wife up on the phone. I said, I did it. And she said, oh, boy, what did you do? I said, well... What I did, I'm not trying to get any new girlfriends. And, and if, you don't know my, if you don't know my humor, that's code for I didn't do anything that necessarily was supposed to look nice. That's what that means. So I said, I didn't do it to get any new girlfriends with it. And she said, are you going to lose the one you have? <laughs> so I said, that's really complicated for you to leave me. So I ain't worried about that. It's real complicated. <laughs> So I walked in the house like this, and I said, hey. And she was like, oh, boy. I want to challenge you to do something different in your spiritual life. That if you want something different to happen, all of y'all raise your hand. I want something different to happen in my life. That is never going to happen until you do something different. You are not going to get anything different doing the same thing. That's called insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting something different to happen. God is not going to do something unless you do something. No, you're not going to wear him out with your routine. Oh, okay, well, I guess I'll do it because you just keep it. No, no, I need something different to happen in your life. In this story we're going to read today, the title of our series is called A Matter of Trust. Today's message is called A Different Spirit. In this story, the Jews were in, two million plus, were in slavery in Egypt for 400 years plus. Moses is born. Moses is called at 80 years old to deliver them from Egypt. Through 10 plagues, miracles, lice, darkness, hail, locusts, blood in the water, frogs, all these different plagues that God brought through Moses on Pharaoh and the Egyptians the Egyptians let the Jews go, and the exodus happened. Y'all saw the movies where he, there were sea parts and, and all this stuff, and they walk and they walk around in the wilderness 40 years. So they, they, they leave Egypt. They get to a place called Mount Sinai after 50 days. They're at Mount Sinai for a year and a half, and then they start on their journey to the promised land. The promised land is a land of milk and honey. The promised land is a place where they can have their own farms, they can grow their own crops, they can raise their own animals, and God can be their God, and they can be God's people. And they can defeat their enemies and have peace. That's the promised land. 
And every story in the Bible, and especially in the Old Testament, is a metaphor for some spiritual principle in our life. As many of us are in bondage through drugs, through uh, low self-esteem, through pornography or whatever, God wants to set you free and bring you to a promised land where you can have peace in your life and health and clarity of mind. Where I used to be in bondage to cocaine and bondage to marijuana, and God set me free. I happened to uh, stop in one day, and some of the guys who I got high with, and which I stopped 31 years ago, are still getting high. They're still in bondage. So God said, I'm going to bring you to a promised land, and I'm still discovering the blessings of the promised land to this day. So God wants to bring you out of your Egypt into your promised land. Are you all following me? So when you read a story like this, that's what, that's what we got to get from it. So, so the, the Jews come out. They, they walk 50 days. They go to Mount Sinai. They're there a year and a half. Then they walk 11 days. Everyone say 11 days. 11 days, and they're at the edge of the promised land. Now, there were 12 tribes of Israel. In other words, all the Jews were divided into 12 groups. And Moses decided, I'm going to take one spy from each tribe and send them into the promised land to spy it out and let us know what's there. So how many tribes were there? Say 12. So how many spies were there? Very good. So Moses says, I'm going to send you in there, and you're going to spy out the land 40 days. How many days? 40. 40 is the number of testing. If you're a woman and you're pregnant, well, I, uh, I don't know if a guy can be pregnant. <laughs> All you ladies who have been pregnant, will be pregnant, are pregnant, you're pregnant for 40 weeks, not 10 months. A baby has brainwaves after 40 days. Moses fasted 40 days. He, he lived three 40-year periods, 40 in Egypt, 40 as a shepherd, and 40 in the wilderness. Jesus fasted 40 days. It rained 40 days and 40 nights in the Bible. Dave, Goliath taught trash 40 days until David killed him. 40 is the number of testing. God is very organized. He is the numbers fanatic. So he sends 12 spies into the promised land to spy out 40 days. How many spies? How many days they spied out? And he says, I want you to go in there and I want you to bring back proof to the 2 million Jews that it's exactly what I said, that the promised land is exactly what I said. They go in, they come back and they show the people it is exactly what God said. But of the 12, 10 said, we can't go in because there's, there's giants in the land. It's going to be too hard. And they, and they grumbled against the people. But there were two people, Joshua and Caleb, that have a different spirit. Everyone say different spirit. Say different spirit. They, they said, we will go in anyway. In other words, God is faithful. We should take him at his word and trust him and walk into the promised land. We want something different. Let's go get it. But you're not going to get it with the same spirit you have. So look at chapter, four, chapter 14, verse 24. Look what it says. It says, God said, number 14, verse 24, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit. Everyone say different spirit. Say different spirit. Take a deep breath in. I want you to shout out. Say different spirit. Different spirit. Right. It has a different spirit in him. Has followed me fully. Say followed me fully. Followed. Because of that, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. Huh. If you want to walk into your promised land, by the way, uh, your promised land is this different thing you want. Okay? If you want to walk into what God already has for you. You know, I was reading the Bible the other day. Uh, uh, well, while I was reading the Bible the other day, God was telling Abraham, he was 100 years old. He said, you're going to have a baby at 100 and your wife is 90. <laughs> Papa's a rolling stone, you know what I'm saying? That's a... That's a cool God. I mean, think about it. See how cool Abraham's like. <laughs> and Sarah's like, ain't no way. 
<laughs> which is exactly what she said. And God said, nothing's impossible with God. And they had a baby. And, and, and here's what God said. His name is going to be Isaac. When God named people, he gave them his purpose. I'm telling you what his name is because his name is his purpose. God already knows you. He already has your purpose. He already has your promised land. And you're over here looking around for it. He's no, already got it. It's not for you to create. It's just for you to receive. And so if you want it, you've got to have a different spirit. A different spirit is this. Different than what you had when you walked in here. In other words, you might say, well, I'm on fire now. Be more on fire. I, I want more of you. Okay? So three things. I want you to write this down in your notes. Three things in your notes. Write this down, please. Number one, be different and trust the promises of God. For one time, just trust what God said. He said, if you pray to me, I will, if you call to me in prayer, I will tell you great and mighty things you do not know. Say amen if you want to know some things you don't know. God said, call to me then. Just trust me. Call to me. I, I promise to never leave you or forsake you. I will always, you will always be in my presence. Therefore, acknowledge my presence. Don't walk around thinking you're by yourself because you're not by yourself. Trust me. Be different. Number two. Be different and trust the evidence of God's faithfulness. Trust the evidence. I was, when I was getting my hair cut, I was, I was looking for a meter to, uh, a place to park my car. And I went to the meter. And, and to put your credit card in the meter and, and get a little ticket to put in your thing, that stresses me out. How many fellas it stresses you out? Okay, those are all the ADD. These are all the ADD dudes. It's just like, ugh. And my wife's like, what is so difficult? Nothing. I just did hey. So I'm sitting there. I'm stressed over looking at a print the card in step one, press the time, step two, take the ticket out, step three, take the card out and put it back in your pocket. That stresses me out. <laughs> this is true. So I'm, sitting, I'm, I'm, I'm like breathing, praying to walk up to this thing. <laughs> And I'm like, and I see in my peripheral vision, peripheral, this person walking right at me. You know how you can tell someone's going to walk by you, but someone's going to walk at you? And I'm like, oh, we're getting ready to get on. Someone's. <laughs> and she wasn't slowing down. She was like, coming, like, coming, like, with speed. I'm like, you know, so I'm like, okay, get ready, get ready. You know, but you're a pastor, so respond pastoral. So there's a car right in front of me, and the, and the woman walks right at me, and then she cuts right in front of me between me and the, 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 the meter, and she, and, she, and she cuts in between her and the car and the meter, and she looks at me and says, wait a minute, I have a ticket for you. I said, what do you mean? She says, I'm leaving, and my ticket is for another hour and a half. If you can have it if you want. I was like, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I don't got to deal with this machine right now. And I said, what is your name? And she told me her name. I said, my name is Miles. I said, you just blessed me right now. You just ble- I was just looking at her like, you just blessed me. And God said to me, I got you. Amen. Now, it was a very small, it was a very small gesture, gesture, but a big statement that really God said to me, I got you. And not, I got you for the meter. I got you. Look, look, look what number two was. There's evidence in your life God has taken care of you. Stop doubting him. 
He says, give me more. You give me more of you, you'll get more of me, and more of me is way better than more of you. Number three, trust, be different and trust in the power of God. Say, God, I am really going to, before I take NyQuil, I've been fighting the cold for three weeks, NyQuil is the bomb. I'm just saying. However, before you take NyQuil, I want you to pray. Before you go to the doctor, I want you to pray. Before you start tripping on your finances, I want you to pray. Trust in my power. Three things. Are you, did you write those down? Okay, very good. Let's read the story. Look at chapter 13. Go to chapter 13. Chapter 13. It says in verse 26. Chapter 13, verse 26. It says, as the 12 departed. How many people spied out the land? How many, how many days did they spy it out? As they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran, verse 26. At Kadesh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they said, we went to the land and it truly flows with milk and honey. And here is the proof. In other words, we really can grow our crops. We really can have our animals graze. And here is the evidence they brought back on poles loads of grapes and vegetables and fruit that they were growing there. They said, this is evidence this land is not desert land. It's fertile land, just like God said. There are people in your life, you see them, and you go, why are they so blessed? Can I get an amen if you know what I'm talking about? And you're like, I don't understand it. They don't seem like smarter than me. They don't seem taller than me more skilled than me, more, more, more trained. That's not even their real hair. <laughs> they don't work out. I don't get it. Why are they so blessed? God. God don't care any of that. Matter of fact, the disciples, you know what they said about the disciples? They said, we perceive that you're uneducated. That's a very nice way of saying you look stupid. That's what they said to the disciples. This is in the Bible, in the book of Acts. They said, we perceive that you are, this is what they said, the Bible says, you are untrained and uneducated. That means not only you are, un, you don't have, uneducated doesn't mean you're dumb. It just means you don't have information. That's different. And untrained means doesn't mean you don't have skill. You just haven't learned how to use it. So you don't have any information and you have, don't know how to use it, any skills. But you've been with Jesus. So we don't know what to do with that. These guys said, look, there's people in your life like that. You go, I don't, I don't get it. They got God in their life. They're blessed. There's evidence in their life that prayer really works for them. How did that happen? Oh, I just prayed on it. How did, you know, I was just reading my Bible and God gave me an, an, a word, an idea. And you're like, ah, ah. there's evidence. Walking with God works. Obeying God works. Doing it our way don't work. Look what it says next. It says, verse 28, nevertheless, everyone say nevertheless. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak. 
The Amalekites dwell in the land to the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites, the Uptites and Adesites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. In other words, the land does have what God said. It does have what you said, Moses. However, it's going to be dangerous. So we shouldn't go in it. And look what it says. Verse 10, uh, verse 30. (coughs) Excuse me. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go over at once and take possession for we are able to overcome it. In your life, you're going to have God. You're going to have people like me. You're going to have the Bible telling you, go, trust God, read your Bible, walk by faith, serve, go to life class, give, go to a group, go to a small group, uh, 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 go, to, go to pray and do the prayer and fasting. And you're going to have all these people challenge you to trust God. And then you're going to have, what about this? Well, if you go on and fast, you may faint and then fall on the ground and hit your head in the curb and then you're going to lose your job and be in the hospital. <laughs> and it's Saturday morning. What was he thinking? People sleep in Saturday morning. Who's going to get on a Saturday morning and pray? That's so stupid. <laughs> your beauty sleep's not helping you. <laughs> I don't know who told you sleep makes you look better, but it's not. It doesn't. You wake up the same. Matter of fact, you wake up uglier when you're after you sleep than you are. <laughs> it's the same man if you know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all are like, I don't know what he's talking about. I look up uglier. Well, look at yourself before you go to bed or look at yourself when you wake up after you go to bed. All this naysayers, naysayers, naysayers. I don't want to go to a small group. I don't want people knowing my business. Then don't tell your business. But go there and get loved on instead of sitting home watching gossip TV. And spend time on Facebook thinking that what you're looking at is real. And so you can either trust God or you can trust the naysayers who say, what about this? What about this? Look at at chapter 14, verse 1. All the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept. And the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, if only we died in the land of Egypt, if only we died in the wilderness. In other words, listen, listen, listen. They've been in slavery for 400 years. They went to Mount Sinai after uh, 50 days. They were there a year and a half, 50 days of walking, their year and a half. Then 11 more days, they are at the edge of the promised land. This is less than two years after the Exodus. Less than two years. They're there. God says, you're here. Here it is. Let's go. Matter of fact, before you go in, send in some spies and, and just, just so they can tell everybody else it's just what I said. Just, I just want Go test it. Test it. In other words, pray for five days and test God. Be faithful and serve and, fa- and tr- test God. Be faithful and give and test God. Matter of fact, he says, test me, tithe and test me. Test me. This is God talking trash. Test me if I don't open up the window of heaven. <laughs> I mean, he's like, uh, this is like a, a full money back guarantee. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't like full money back guarantees. Since when? So they are at the promised land, and now the people are saying, it would have been better that we go back to slavery. Uh, yeah, I think I, I, I want to go back to doing cocaine. I used to use cocaine. I think I'll go back to smoking weed and, and running the streets. Please. That ain't better than this. There's people in your life who will say, you don't, you don't need that, that, that church stuff. Oh, the rock is like a cult. Let me tell you the definition of a cult. We control who you talk to so they don't say anything against what we tell you. 
Another definition of a cult is that the leader is the only one with the information. And you have to come to him and listen only what he says. Well, let me tell you something. Go talk to everybody. You have the information for yourself. Go read it by yourself. <laughs> but, the, but, the, but, the, but the point is, the people say, don't, don't go to church. Don't pray. Listen, listen. God is saying, test me. The devil wants to enslave you. The devil wants to put you in bondage. Look what it says in verse, th- verse 2. For chapter 14, all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation. And they said, if we had died in the land of Egypt or if only we had died in the wilderness. Let me give you a little one minute on leadership. All of y'all are leaders of something. Whether you're a department at your job, whether you own a business, whether you're a leader of your family, whether you're a leader in a relationship, whether you're a leader of yourself. You are a leader of something. Every single one of you. And it, when you're trying to lead people to a better place, they will rebel against you all the time. Why? Because there's a voice that's trying to convince them that change is worse than staying the same. And it is a, too much of a risk that what you're going to is not better than what you have. But it is zero risk when that promise of something better is from God. And so look what it says. Verse 3. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? I have to tell you, God will never call you out of what you are in to destroy you. He will never call you out of what you're in to something worse. Now, the process will be scary because you're walking into the unknown. But you walk into the unknown every day. When you meet somebody that you want to date, you go to the club, hi, oh, my name is Ned, whatever, oh, here's my number, right there. Here's my number is the biggest step of faith you just took. Because that brother could be psycho. <laughs> and just because he's good looking and got some pecs and some teeth don't mean he ain't psycho. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> or if you're psycho, stalk me. <laughs> I was at the airport. My wife and I go to Vegas. We see a show. We saw Lionel Richie. Old school. It was cool. We're sitting there. I mean, we're at the airport, and this young lady sits next to me in the airport. So you pass my other. I said, you know, what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. How old are you? 21, blah, blah, blah. She says, I'm going home. I came here with my friends. This young lady, and she says, they just want to drink and sleep around with guys they meet. I'm like, I can't fathom how dangerous that is. I mean, like your life. Forget disease or pregnancy, your life. With some guy that you just meet and you're both drunk. That's what the devil wants for you. And God says, no, 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 I got something so much better for you. I mean, the worst my wife got to deal with is this. <laughs> and it's going to grow back in three weeks. I hope. <laughs> my wife's over there saying, it's worse than that haircut I got to deal with. So just keep reading the Bible, Pastor. <laughs> Verse 6. 
Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to the congregation and the children of Israel, saying, no, the land we pass through to spy out is exceedingly good. Everybody say exceedingly good. God is exceedingly good. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give us the land, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear. And the congregation said, stone them with stones. In other words, they're trying to, they're trying to, they're lying to us, trying to lead us into pain. And God's saying, are you out of your mind? I'm trying to bless you. Every time you, every time you come here and I'm yelling and, and whatever, if you go to another church or you're visiting you're, you're, and your pastor's yelling, all he's doing is what Caleb's doing. Trying to convince you to trust God. That there's a promise line right in front of you. And, and it's like, come on. You're like, eh, I don't know if I want to go to small group. Eh, I don't know if I want to go to life class. Eh, I don't know if I want to give. Eh, I don't know if I want to pray. I'd rather stay in Egypt. I want to go back to slavery. I'd rather just, just I like my addictions because they're, they're known. I, I understand how they work. I go online. I watch pornography. I come home. I drink. And then I go to bed and I do it. I, I know that pattern. It's more comfortable to me than going into blessing. I don't know what that blessing may do to me. It may make me cut my hair. It may make me dress my clothes different. I uh, it may make me weird. No, you're already beyond weird. It's jacked up over here. Can I get an amen? This is talking about freedom. When you said you want something different, really what you were saying is, I want the blessings of God in my life. And what's happening, they're saying, stone them, stone them. And then the Bible says, this, this is, I wish I was there to see this part. This was cool. Verse 10, it says, all the congregation said, stone them with stones. Verse 10, and it says, the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle meeting before the children of Israel. So here's Joshua and Caleb, two against ten, talking to two million people saying, we need to go in. No, we don't need to go in. We need to go in. God is faithful. No, we didn't need to go in. And they're arguing. And the people saying, stone those two. Stone them. We want to go back to Egypt. And then God shows up. Bad boy started losing it. You know what happened? You can read the rest. Please read the rest of the story. God said to Moses, Moses, I want to kill them. All of them. I'm tired of this. I've done miracle upon miracle upon miracle upon miracle upon miracle and they still don't believe me. I'm going to kill them. And Moses said, please don't kill them. Please don't kill them. And God said, okay. I'm not going to kill them today. But here's what's going to happen. How many days did they spout the land? How many days they spout the land? How many days walk from Mount Sinai to the promised land to the edge? 11. Say 11. And essentially, they were at the promised land because they just went in this spot, came out. He said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you all walk around 40 years in circles. One day, one year for every day that you saw the evidence of my faithfulness and turn your back on it. And you're going to walk one year for every day you saw my faithfulness and turn your back on it. And you're going to walk 40 years until all those people and their children die. Except Joshua and Caleb. Moses didn't even get in. Aaron didn't get in. Moses didn't get in for another reason. Here y'all are on all the campuses. 
you're walking around your wilderness because you won't believe God. You keep doing the same old thing, playing God for a fool, giving him your token worship. Church once a month. No, you're not in a group. You don't go to life class. You don't give. Just kind of show up, get entertained, claim me as your pastor, this as your church. And God's like, you don't go to that church. You just know about it. You're not committed to what I've called that church to do. You just attend every now and then to feel good. Let's do something different. Say different. In a minute, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray for uh, a Caleb prayer. For people who want to have a Caleb spirit and say, I want to do something different this year. Y'all have seen altar calls. Now it's time for you to be in one. So right now on all the campuses, I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. As you're listening, I want you to think about your life and how it is time for you to do something different. This year, 2017, if you want something different, you do something different. Lord, I pray for a different spirit, not a different habit, but a different spirit. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you stir people's hearts right now, that their hearts would even start beating faster, palpitando in their heart, in their chest, palpitating, racing, running, corriendo, golpeando, pounding, that you would reveal to them that you want more of them, that you want them to walk away from the old way they used to do things. And if you're ready to receive and walk in this different spirit than the one you came in here with, and basically it's a different level of commitment to the spirit of God. I want you to pray this prayer with me, then I'm going to ask you to stand and come down to all the campuses. In In your heart, pray, dear God, I want a different spirit. One that follows you fully like Caleb. I don't want to have a nevertheless spirit. A what about spirit. I want to have a let's do this spirit. I'm ready to go. Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill my heart with your power, your wisdom, your encouragement. Stir me. Give me a hunger and a thirst for intimacy with the heart of God. I surrender my life to you. 